Sometimes she comes in a dream. Welcome back to Asinine Radio, a weekly podcast where we talk about music and, well, that's pretty much it. So, uh, let's go! She comes to me in a song. <laughs> this this year is Asinine Radio. This is the Man's weekly hair. the weekly music podcast, oh, the greatest hey. podcast you'll ever hear in your entire life. My name is Tyler, and very close to me right now, not hundreds of miles away, not out there in the ether, is Jeff. We're about five feet from one another right now. And we are potting together. Yeah. I am in a, in Arizona at, as we speak. And uh, we're going to get into a pretty damn fine album today. We're getting into the Bouncy Souls record, How I Spent My Summer Vacation. Oh. But first, go to iTunes. Ready? Go rate, review, Please and subscribe to us on there. Follow us on social media at Asinine Radio. And, but before we get started real quick, I did want to say we did get another rating and review on our iTunes account. <laughs> uh, but this one, this guy gave us a one-star review. Yeah. And he also gave us an actual review. And hold on, let me, let, me, let me bring it up. Let me see what it says real quick. It should have already been brought up. It, it was, but I forgot to, to bring it up on my phone. So here it is. This came 23 hours ago from somebody named Bocephus. Oh, Bocephus, sure. Uh, he put, poor man's version of a podcast. And then he put, three guys with nothing to say worth listening to. So hell? I'm assuming he listened to either the lag wagon episode or maybe the Limbiscuit one we did with Ryan. I don't know. Or the Silverstein episode with Mike or, or Elliot Smith with Mike. Elliot I don't Smith know. With Mike. I don't he didn't know. specify. So what I did, I looked up this guy on Google. I typed in Bocephus on Google. I found his Instagram and then I went to his SoundCloud page and that was the music I was playing before the pot. It was this Bocephus guy that gave us a one-star oh, review. I liked it. It's fucking awful. <laughs> it was. I, it was well, fucking it sounded, lame. It as sounded fuck. like a joke, though. Like it was like a. It was a joke was thing. It? It, it, it? He sounded like he was trying to not be serious. I don't know. The Something. guitar playing wasn't bad, and and him singing and playing guitar. I mean, I assume it's him doing both, both of them, both Fisas. What is his name? Bocephus. 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 I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go on to the. Uh, Asinine Radio SoundCloud, and I'm gonna listen to all of his <laughs> things, so he sees that we listen to his shit. <laughs> <laughs> I should give him a one star review too. I, but anyway, what? It, it reminded me of something from from the Tenacious D Masterworks DVD, where they're playing. No, at like it the wasn't club. that funny. You don't know. It's context, man. Maybe there was some cool things he was doing live and stuff. But maybe it didn't sound like he was trying to be serious. It sounded like he was trying to goof. Uh, maybe you never know. That's true. You never know. But anyway, yeah, so go to iTunes. Give us a five-star rating because that means way more than a one-star because anybody who gives us a one-star is a knucklehead, and I don't like them very much. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's, that's what we got. So we're getting into, like I said, we're getting into the Bouncing Souls. So like normally, we like to rank all the albums of the band that we do. So we're going to do that with the Bouncing Souls. <laughs> now, Jeff, 
since you're here with me, uh, are we gonna crack open a beer? Actually, yeah, I forgot. Yeah, I forgot too. So oh, I forgot. Sorry, it's been a, it's been a long night, a long day. So here we go. I guess we're not doing our fearless beer review because we're just doing the album today. I know I forgot, and I got a good one anyway. So yeah, I, I won't just ex- I won't explain it. Okay, that's fine. Actually, fuck it, why not? It's a big. In- we won't rate it, but we'll just we could briefly talk about it. I got. Something called Hazing Arizona it has Nicolas Cage on it. Uh, from what movie is that from? It was, it was a Raising, Raising Arizona. Arizona. Duh, fuck, I'm fucking stupid. You're a haze, bro. Oh, I'm stupid. We're but yeah, stupid. Hazing Arizona, local community crafted. Uh, what fucking? Oh, it's Walter Station Brewery here in Phoenix, Arizona. I've never heard of that brewery. It's a triple dry hopped citrus forward IPA with an explosion of hops as the backbone for this beer. We added so many hops to this beer, you can almost walk on it. Kind of like we lobbed little grenades of lemon, lime, and grapefruit into this beer. There you go. <laughs> oh, Coming Jeff, out nice and thick, baby. Yeah, Jeff has a... Oh, dude, that looks like fucking oil. I like them a glass of oil. Juicy. A glass of fucking oil. This is my favorite brewery. This is 903 Brewers from Sherman, Texas. And this is my favorite brewery. But there's not a whole lot of info on this. Uh, it's a barrel-aged birthday Sasquatch stout. It's imperial chocolate milk stout with double chocolate fudge and marshmallow. Cheers. I'm glad that Jeff and I are, are finally in the same room again doing the pot. It's been a very long time. But I'm glad we're here. I'm glad. Very, very happy we're here. It was uh, it was aged in barrels from Iron Root Republic. So if anybody knows anything about that, then I do not. Maybe that'll be fun for you. I don't know. Right. Squatch nine on three. I wonder what percent this is. I don't. It doesn't Does say, it say on the label. No, nowhere on here. Oh, that's weird. Let's see if this is it. Set Squatch. This is probably at least like ten percent, but it doesn't say here. And there's a lot of different varieties, but I haven't eaten today, so we'll see how this goes. <laughs> <laughs> Here, cheers then. Let's Take go. that, Beefus. There you go. Pasufus. Mount Basuvius. Where the fuck your Bocephus. name is? Bocephus. Bocephus. these nuts. <laughs> mm. Oh, God, that's boozy. Mm. It's pretty good haze, man. Pretty good haze. Not the best haze I've had, but pretty solid nonetheless. You are not enjoying that, are you? No, I just, this, this has got to be like. 13, 14%. There's no way Oof, this is. That is boozy. You checking on untapped? See what it says? Yeah. No, it's like 11%. No. Still, that's, that, that's kind of high. That's <laughs> that ain't nothing. High. That's kind of high. What did I say mine was? I don't even remember. Probably oh. like a 1% because you hate nah. bros can't do anything. It's 6.2 ABV and 52 IBUs. That's what it is. This is like heaven because I got my stout and then my coffee that I'm still drinking. And then you got me in the room. That's part of your heaven, right? <laughs> yeah we can uh, do uh, our rankings it's so nice to be here in arizona in the hot arizona sun it's a dry heat it is a dry heat it's 110 degrees here on the fourth of july here we go let's just start with their rankings let's go what do we got what do we got for so we're ranking their 10 albums and uh, we're gonna go from least least best or worst to the best what do you got, Jeff? You go first. Teacher's pick. What do you got? Go. Uh, their least best. It wasn't bad. It's just it was just very. Ugh. Sorry, boys, but uh, Ghost on the Boardwalk. Ah, really? Yeah, just really a collection of singles and seven inches ever released. And wait, Ghost on the Boardwalk? Was? Yeah, eventually compiled onto like this album, and it's just boring. Like I didn't know that. A lot of stuff here is very reminiscent of some of the slower stuff from Summer Vacation. 
But what? Nah. That's weird, man. I didn't get the vibe with that album at all. Boring. But Never Say Dies is, is a solid song. It's it's great, but it's tied to to when you're young. It's tied to the, another song, and then when I was young, stops halfway through and slows down and just kind of drags the the Never Say Die part down, and then just not. This was boring. It was very, very boring. Really? I can't believe that. Yeah. Believe it. Oh, believe that, right. homie. Believe that. All right. All right. All right. All right. Well, my, my least best from the from the Bouncing Souls is definitely the gold record. I think that record overall is pretty boring. Wow. I think it's the only record that I would rank below a two out of our three-point rating system. Lean on, Sheena. And if I had to pick a song, actually, the only good song on this record is the gold song. Dang. Other than that, that record is just so dull to me. Wow. I just cannot get into it. That's all. Um, I never have. And I tried this week. I really tried. That's intense. Yeah. So what do you got for number nine? Um, I got the gold record for number nine. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird because it was hyped up a lot. It was it's it was released on six six oh six. Ooh, that's when um, AFI's December Underground was released. Too. Nobody cares about fucking AFI. Oh, everyone cares about AFI better than the and, Bouncing Souls. And since the Bouncing Soul, Tyler, <laughs> easy, easy, Tiger. True. And and since the Bouncing Souls first album is is also just like a compilation of EPs and stuff, the fans think that the Gold Record is actually their Left sixth Hood. album. Mm-hmm. So it was released in six six oh six, and it's their sixth album. That's very um, and it starts off demonic. fucking amazing. Like the Gold song is is top five for me. It's an what? amazing song. It is phenomenal. What? You can't deny how great that song is. I know, is. It, it's a fantastic song, but a top five Bouncing Soul song? And then no it's way. just like you jump off a cliff and you just go straight down. It's not even a gradual slowdown. Yeah. It goes down immediately. Yeah. But but you give credit to some other songs, like like Lean on Sheena. That's fun. Nah. That's fun. And, and then uh, There's nothing on there. And it's got a strong melody. I don't think so, man. I, gold record is abysmal, except for the gold song. Abysmal. All right, well, my number nine, this one... I thought it was going to be higher initially going into this, but I just, I, oh boy. Half the songs are good, the other half is just whatever. And it's the good, the bad, and the Argyle. I just, I don't really care for it. This is the first record. Uh, and it's just, it's, it's just hit or miss. The songs are really hit or miss. And, but the one that I really enjoyed was, uh, these are the quotes from our favorite 80s movies. That mm. one was a lot of fun. It's fast, it's, mm. it's a little bit aggressive, and they just, they talk about stupid things, a lot of dumb references, which I like. Mm. But it was good. Maybe our our bottom three are pretty much the same, or close to being the same. What Did you, you see mine break? right now? Did you, are you no, peeking? no, I didn't. I'm not peeking. Am I sharing these notes? No, with you? I just I think. Let me see. If you if you say that your number eight is the good, the bad, and the argyle, then we're pretty much the same. Well, maybe maybe I'll change it. <laughs> so then, what do you got for the for number eight? It is it is that it's the good, the bad, and the argyle. It's not bad at all. It's 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 a good it's a good debut. Again, it's just it's just a bunch of EPs thrown together, so it's not even like a. But it's an album. A cohesive thing. But it's an album. Come I guess. On. I guess it's not a comp. I guess, I guess. It's not it's an kind EP. Of, it's kind of a comp, yeah. No, it's not. They it's just a, compiled a, all of their EPs. I guess that would be the the actual definition. Did of they a re-record comp. the EPs, or did they, or re-record the songs from the EPs on the? Doubt record? it. Some of those songs sound pretty. Um, first take, best take. But uh, no, it's cool. It's it's fun. Um, I like your mom. That's that's like always oh, that's been my favorite one. from that from that album. And it's just it's just a compilation of of solid, kind of funny punk songs and you know, a bunch of guys trying to get their feet wet. I guess. 
All right, my number eight here is Ghosts on the Boardwalk. What well, this album is? That's like that album's bad. I kind of felt like this album was more of a throwback to their older music. No, I don't know what music you were especially okay. To, my my favorite song on here was <laughs> Badass. That song was very much a song that could have been on the self-titled record. Easily been on that one. Yeah, dude. You, it's true. You no idea. What Badass you're was about. a great song though. That one was really cool. That one was for sure a throwback song. But I like that one. So that, that's my number eight, Ghost on the Boardwalk. What do you got for your number seven? Um, yeah, Anger's Way. This this album this album starts off strong too. Like a lot of the albums start off really strong, and this this one just had like banger after banger. But it slowed down really really hard in the middle, and it got there was like three or four songs that really blended together, and it got really boring, reminiscent of Ghost on the Boardwalk, and it just never kind of recovered. And they they still kind of did the thing where the last song is really long, and by that time I was just kind of over it. But um, for the longest time, it was sing along forever. Like that's that's always oh, just, that's a good one because like they, they they do they do good songs where you can sing along to. They do like a lot a lot of good um, I don't know whatever yeah. the fuck whatever it is I don't know I like know they most do. of the songs on how I spend my summer vacation yeah most yeah, of yeah, those yeah. are sing along songs and I, I like. I like uh, New Day now. I think mm. that's my favorite song from this album. I, I like how he sings over the chorus and the song like just isn't a shorty. Yeah. It's not like a you know three minute whatever. It's it's almost like five minutes and lets you really get into the groove and really, really have fun. Really yeah. have a good time. Yep, yep. That's a good one too. These, these guys know what's up. They can, they, they can sometimes write really good music. Yeah. Now, my number seven is also Anchors Away. Woo! Now, is this is this the point where all of our rankings are going to be the same from here on out? Could be. Maybe. But, yeah, so my, my number seven is Anchors Away. It's it's a better version of Ghosts on the Boardwalk. has much more catchier songs. Uh, my favorite one off this one is Blind Date. That's probably mm. a, t- that's a That is actually a top five. That's the most punk sounding song that they, they Actually, it might done. be a top three Bouncing Souls song for me. Blind Date is solid. I love the the production on this record too. is very DIY sounding. So the snare drum is super like crack cracky and rounded and loud. And oh, I love this record. Oh no, I don't love the record, but I love that song Blind Date more specifically. But yeah, it's my number seven is Anchors Away. Now, what do you got for your number six, Jeff? Go. Hey. This one I never liked that much, but after we did the Misfits and I, I became a Misfitsman. Yeah. This band takes so much from the Misfits. It's 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 pretty it's fun. It's fun. And especially Greg and the way he sings sometimes, it's very reminiscent of of Danzig. You think so? Absolutely. And I don't I don't I don't hear And in Comet like some of the songs. Oh, comment here, is your number. Yeah, comments okay. is my number. Whatever we're on right now, six. Uh, this it's not bad. It's it's too one sided to get up there with like the big boys, the big albums. But coin toss girl, man, that's a that's oh, a damn good song. That is, and then we also like we love fun. That's something like out of the toy page blink playbook. Like that's it's so goofy and it's so pop punky and it's possibly the most pop punk thing they've ever done. Yeah, it's so stupid. Mm-hmm. But damn, the song "Infidel," Greg sounds exactly like Danzig. You think so? Exactly I don't, like Danzig. I don't. I don't hear it. You dude, if I, if we can play it later, whenever you want, I can play. play it, I can play Infidel right holy now. Holy shit! I don't care. I can, I can play whatever you like, want. He, he he reminds me so much of Danzig. All right, let, let's hear it right here. 
So uh, here's Infidel by Bounce Soul. Yeah, I guess so. He kind of has that that crooning, that crooning sound in his voice. You're right. You're right. I Dude, I stand I, corrected on that one. I listened to the Misfits also in this past week. Yeah, because I'm I'm still debating whether or not to get get into record collecting, vinyl collecting, as the heads would just call it. Yeah, and um, I would like to get Static Age and and. So good. Angel Fuck is still my favorite song from that album, but what an interesting oh dude, like just an interesting favorite. Just blown away by just uh, the entire <laughs> Misfits stuff and it, it, being from Jersey too. They like clearly the Bouncing Souls take so much from the Misfits. Oh, totally, so much. I mean, I guess, I guess not totally. I, that, but now, now that I hear, now that you made that comparison, I guess with Infidel, I can I can hear it more that that crooning. This was like the most obvious time he's done it, but there are other times in Summer Vacation too, and in other albums where he does it. And it's more subtle. This now was just gonna, the most obvious time. I'm probably gonna notice it all the time now. Now that you said it, I'm gonna always notice it. And they do. They they've done Misfits covers. They did um, Hybrid Moments. Oh, that was Skeeds. recent, right? Yeah, that was that like was recent. Well, that was like 2000. Five or I thought, ten or something. What am I thinking? Some band did Hyper Moments recently. I think it was like two thousand two. But Skibit was in it too. I think he only either does like backup guitar or backup Vox, mm. but he's he, he does it with them too, oh. which is weird. Why? That was when Skiba was cool before he joined Blink. I don't know. They I, they've never really done anything with like Alkaline Trio. I don't think they've ever done a split with Alkaline Trio or anything. Yeah, but you don't have to do a split to be close to a band. Yeah, but if you don't really tour with a band or have any kind of contact or, I don't know. It's well, just, they probably it's have toured with them a lot. I mean, you think of all the Warp tours as well. Alkaline Trio played a lot of Warp tours, I think. It's weird. I, I, I don't think it is, but... It's weird. Whatever. All right, well, my number six. This one surprised me. We actually did this one on the pod on a very, very old Lost episode. Uh, we did. Uh, so my number six is Simplicity. Simplicity! And it. I remember when we did it, I thought just the record was okay. I just kind of brushed it off never listened to it again until today or this week and uh yeah it was way better than i remembered it was much much better this uh, on my preliminary rankings this is like at the very bottom or very near the bottom but no it's it's much much better than i remembered and uh the one song that really stands out is euphoria that's a solid song solid solid song that's a good album yeah i'm gonna go back to simplicity a lot more now because i Damn, I forgot how good good it is. But yeah, so that's my number six. All right, so here's 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 where the controversy starts for me. My number five, yes, is hopeless, hopeless romantic. I'm a hopeless romantic. This one has always been up there. I mean, just <laughs> this one always like besides summer vacation was was always like their first albums were always the best. Yeah. This one fell. This one fell one spot to to one of their newer albums, and like so this one in its own right is is fantastic. It's cool to hear them evolve into something a little more deeper, a little more complex. I like that "Fight to Live" is is a song worked around just essentially a drum a drum beat. Mm-hmm. But uh, "Monday Morning Amp Brigade" was was oh. my new my new fave. Kids, kids, always been my favorite song from this album. Yeah, 
But Monday Morning Amp Brigade is just, there's too many parts of that song that I like. The little kazoo thing, the the bounciness of it, how dumb it is. Yeah. Just everything about that song is absolutely perfect. Just the melody, the vocal melody is so fucking catchy. But there's a lot of things on Hopeless that are just that are just too they're, they're, it's it's, just, it's it's okay to good. Yeah. It's okay to good. And that's why it's there. My uh, my number 5 is also Hopeless Romantic. Uh this one I the same thing. It dropped actually a couple spots. I I just listening to it again there are just so many better songs and albums from this band. And uh and I think what it is is the high moments are really high on this one, but the low moments are just yeah man you know it's just yeah. it's not a really great cohesive record it just it peaks in and was it what's the fucking i don't know it, whatever it's it's just it's it's a good album but it's just not nearly as good as everything else and my banger on this one is monday morning ambergate as well yeah. it's a great one and then um so is wish me well that's a great one with the girl i don't remember her name it had it not been for her though that stupid part that that song would just be boring oh yeah that song would not be anything and it, it'd be boring and dumb but it needs the bickering and the stupidity of it to make it good i like the, the concept of, of hopeless romantic and i think it's a it's a it's a almost a, a good concept album itself but like Olay, man i fucking hate that song why I though i don't understand it's just it's so dumb it's so stupid and it's so goofy but in a way where they thought it would be cool but every time we've seen the bouncing souls you you always yell ole with the rest of the crowd because it's fun when you do it with 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 the boys and the girls and the crowd, but the band never plays the song. No, they never do because I've, I've never seen they them play it because right? they fucking hate it. Yeah, they think it's dumb. But it's yet the fans sing it like between every song. Anytime there's a break, it's it's always ole or here we go. That's the only thing the fans ever sing. That's they they still play here we go, but they don't ever play ole because it's dumb. It's just a dumb song. That's not dumb. It's, it's fun. dumb. It's fun. Also, the title track, Hopeless Romantic, is is really solid, too. I love singing that. That's a good song. I'm a hopeless romantic. But then, like, Bullying the Jukebox. Like, yeah. That's, like, some weird 50s tune that's just not <laughs> not very fun. It doesn't fit. All right, so what do you got for your number four? Simplicity. I was, I was pretty surprised at how much I enjoyed this one. This one kind of took everything they've ever done. Like every album they've done, every style that they've tried to accomplish and put it all into one album. And like, I'm glad I gave it another chance, yeah. second chance. Like I was very surprised at how good this one was. And I put this one above Hopeless Romantic. And so that's surprising. That's very surprising. Again, like Hopeless has always been up there. And I just like this one, this is just a better album. Yeah. I think, I think the best song on Hopeless is still better than the best song on this. Yeah. Oh, definitely. But definitely. overall, this song has, has it's more consistent. Yeah. But but satellite. We talked about satellite when we did Teenage like a satellites? lot of no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. But like I'm glad that I gave this album another chance because satellite is. I think it's a fantastic fucking song, and I think every song on this has some era of the Balancing Souls and and some good stuff that they've done. Yeah, I think with subsequent listens, I'll probably start ranking. Simp- I would start ranking Simplicity higher because I just I need to give it more time, more more energy, and uh, and I, I think it, I think it might to me it might be better than hopeless romantic i might rank it higher than it, that. it will be it will but be. we'll see yeah. because honestly you can't fuck with the top three here my top three at least but my my number four you fucking put common up there you don't my number four is comet oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> <You're> fucking lucky <laughs> yeah my number four is comet i i i just remember when this when this album came out where i was living and what just you know everything in and going on in in life at the time so th- there's like this weird nostalgia to it and i just remember i would listen to this song or this album like every fucking day. For probably a month, I listened to this album every day. Where were you living? I was living in Costa Mesa. 
Oh. I just moved to Costa Mesa. So it was like a big like life change for me as well. So <laughs> I don't know. It, it's just. I went to that house like twice. Yeah, twice. Yeah. It's weird, right? I think we went mountain biking once and the other time was like New Year's Eve or something. We came over. Yeah. We went to the cuddle, but yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, Comet, it's a solid record. Coin Toss Girl, like you said, great, great song. But my favorite is it's a toss up between um, Static and Infidel. Those two uh, songs. See? The, I mean, Infidel see? is a solid song. And to have that kind of song so close to the end of the album is pretty cool, too. Because it, it's definitely a song that in a normal album, it, it would be placed at the very beginning, maybe the second or third song. But Static is really good, too. I, I think the whole record is great. There's, I have nothing bad to say about Comet. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah. So what's your number three? <laughs> this is... Uh, this, yeah, man, this, this might be where we agree. I, I really tried to to uh, make my three change i try to like nitpick my my one the most and my two because my three hasn't changed in like 10 years 15 years it's been the same like forever yeah and it kind of bothers me because it, like i would like it to change i would like to hear something different or whatever it is but um it's still the same it's still the same it's always been their their third their third best is their self-entitled Oof. the opening track cracked is just like this I don't know. Like it's just it wasn't enough to make me change my mind about the whole album and then like that one has like the same vibe and feeling as their previous albums and like damn when you just hear that that first song cracks, it's mm-hmm. oh this really <laughs> kickstarts it off and but my favorite song, Low Life. Like, oh, that's a good one. Oh my god. This just has perfect back and forth gang vocals from a stupid punk band. <laughs> perfect solo and has the perfect ending. With just the the subtle low life to end it all. Just the music going and just low life. All right. Well, my number three is also self unentitled. That's my uh, my number three. Bouncing souls. This this album clocks in at twenty six minutes too. Twenty six minutes and two seconds. Yeah, this is a quick listen through to most of their albums. But it's nonstop. This album does not let up, and I love it. Uh, my my number one banger on this one uh, is East Coast Fuck You. I mean, that song is just so much fun to sing, and I love that they. They wrote that song, being from the East Coast makes it that much better, and uh, and I, it's just it's so much fun. This entire record is is such a great listen through, and I love the the album cover too. The album cover is so basic and simple. That one's like my I think it's my second favorite album cover that they've done. This might be my favorite one. I don't know what which one would be better, but this oh, is definitely my their, favorite. Album their cover. best album is better. Then I know what you're going to say I know what you're saying then What? Okay, never mind Anyway, so what do you got for your number two? Uh, number two is our is our album of the week, Summer Vacation mm. Why is that? Well, I mean, we'll get into it when we, when we talk about uh, the album, right? Alright, whatever So my number two is Maniacal Laughter <sighs> Yeah, this one I, I've always loved Maniacal Laughter And honestly, this week, this... It almost made my number one spot. I it almost kicked how I spent my summer vacation off the, the number out of the number one spot. It's close. Like you, you're right. Like my number one and number two are so fucking close. They're head to head, like the entire way. But I think there's just a little bit more nostalgia to how I spent my summer vacation that you just can't deny that. But on maniacal laughter, here we go. That's the, that's my favorite bouncing soul song. Don't don't forget though, like the way they sing it live, it's better than on the record. Oh yeah, because yeah. the way they sing it live, it's it's more. It's not as like melodic. It's just mm-hmm. the here we go, here we go, here we go. It's more flat. It's more monotone, but it's fun. 
on the record they try and make it like an actual song. Yeah. Which is still fucking great. It's so goddamn good. But just knowing how they sing it live is just oh. But on the record chilling. too, I kind of feel like the at any moment during the song they're gonna fall apart. Oh yeah, they like, have like they, no idea. It's like the first time they've only played <laughs> it and then they recorded it and just fucking do it. Yeah, it's just it just sounds like it's gonna run off the rails. Like they're they're almost off time. It's and it's that, frantic. That it's, scream. I've, I've never looked up what that who who does that scream before, like that voicemail. Oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, and it's all distorted. Oh, I love it. It's such a good song. It gets me pumped every time. But yeah, it's it that is my favorite Bouncing Soul song. And this is my second favorite Damn. Bouncing Souls album. Okay. Also Lamar Vinoy. Great fucking record. great fucking song too. Uh all right. Well, that leads us to uh, my number one, their best album, and that is Maniacal Laughter. <sighs> After the first twenty seconds of the Marvinoid, it's, it's hard to deny like this number one spot. It's 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 a perfect song that bleeds into a perfect punk or punk rock album. And, and the part, I don't know if you want to play it, but the part at, at uh, of of the freaks, the 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 nerds, and the romantics at, at thirty five seconds, that'll get that'll seconds? get any any head, any true head, <laughs> that'll get anybody. That, that, that's the Freaks, Nerds, or Romantics. Mm-hmm. The Bouncing Souls. That's not my favorite song, though. What is your favorite song? Argyle, duh. Is it? <laughs> like, that's, all, that's always been my number one song. That was one of the first songs, like the first, quote, band that I formed with Joe and Ronald. That was our first song that we learned. Really? Yeah. With Ronald on drums, Joe bass, and then I played guitar. And then we just we had two mics and we both sang. That was the first song that we actually played together. It's fun. It's fast. It's just a damn good time and it's i don't know man it's, t- it's tough for me to put this below summer vacation even though summer vacations without spoilers i don't know if it's gonna be perfect or not i don't know oh man. i don't know you are unfucking believable all right well you got anything else to say about maniacal laughter or should we just get into the album of the week i mean that's also my favorite uh cover art was maniacal laughter oh yeah that's right you said that too is it because it, it's reminiscent of uh TMNT. Oh yeah, kind of turtles. It kind of has that that vibe where it's like a lot of purples, a lot of greens. Well, not only that, but like the way the it's shot up too. Like it, it like the camera is below and it's looking up at the buildings in the background, but they're also in the forefront. Yeah, I could see that as as if like in the in the cartoon when it starts off as a sewer cap opening up. Yeah, it's weird because I don't like this type of lore at all. Like the horror themes. Yeah, I think it's all goofy, but. I don't know, man. Knowing that the bass player Brian does all of the album artwork, and this one just this one was just really cool. It's, it's just it's so stupid. Oh yeah, it's so dumb. It's very goofy, but I wouldn't say it's the best. It's second best. Which one's the best? The, the, the self self entitled. Yeah, that's my second favorite. It's just I like the basicness of it because it's so. And then coming off of this one, it's so fucking different. Yeah, like very, he, very he drew different. that one, and then let's just go with something basic. Yeah, absolutely. That's good stuff. Yep. So I mean, my my favorite record, if you didn't know, from the Bouncing Souls. Uh, what what is it? Uh, How he spent my summer vacation. I met some people who don't know. Some of them did some of them 
Bouncing Souls, formed in 1989 in Basking Ridge, New Jersey, by Greg Adonido on vocals, Pete Steinkopf on guitar, Brian Keenlin on bass, and Shai Kichi on drums. They currently have 10 full-length albums, 15 EPs, <laughs> 8 splits, 2 live albums, and, one are, and are one of the most well-respected bands within the punk scene. But the album we're doing today, like we already said, is How I Spent My Summer Vacation, it is their fifth record, and it was released May 22nd, 2001. It features Greg Adonido. Fuck, why am I having so much trouble saying his name? Greg Adonido on vocals. Pete Steinkoff on guitar. Brian Keenlin on bass. And Michael McDermott on drums. And it remains a favorite among Bouncing Souls fans. Now, Jeff, what are your initial thoughts, I guess, on the Bouncing Souls as well as this record, How I Spent My Summer? <laughs> I think I think Argyle was probably I think that's the first soul soul song that I ever heard at camp. That's where most of my early musical and taste came from. And um I didn't I didn't hear them again until the Punkorama, the two thousand one Punkorama. Yeah, that was a great one. And True Believers, which I I don't remember specifically, but I think it was the third track. I think it, I think you're right, yeah. Like it's the third track on this album, right? On that comp, yeah, I think so. And this album, though, yeah, you're right. It is third yeah, on, so on this it's, one. Yeah, yeah. So I, I didn't hear them again until the Punkorama, and then I said, "Oh, I really like this." And then when I found out that it's the same band that did the Argyle song that I like so much, it was just okay. That's it. This is like my favorite band now. <laughs> and then I guess ever since then, I just uh, I've I've always liked them. Besides like Bullets and Octane, I think this is the band I've seen the most. And Avenged Sevenfold. For some reason, I've seen them That's a so lot weird. of times. so weird. And you don't even like them. Not really, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's remarkable. Yeah. Oh but um, yeah, I mean, we've seen Bouncing Souls probably a dozen times. Yeah, I'd say roughly that. Um, but every show is so good. I just get so giddy and... I've never had a bad time. No, it's always a, it's always fun and, and yeah. everybody's always pretty nice and the pits are always fun and... Yep, the show's always a good show, even though Greg's pretty boring. He's the most front <laughs> underwhelming frontman I've ever I've ever witnessed. But you know, honestly, he sounds great live. He's never sounded bad. Yeah, yeah. And he for I don't know somehow, even though he has no energy on stage, he is still able to to have the the crowd just go off. 
every fucking show we've been to. Yeah. I don't know how that's possible. It's he so owns the bizarre. crowd with, with doing pretty much next nothing. to nothing. Yes. It's so bizarre. <laughs> it's weird. So many frontmen have to work so hard to get that kind of attention. And he does nothing. And not only that, he doesn't even look like... A, but prior to, to me seeing what they look like, I would have never thought Greg looked the way he did. Yeah. He's so like... Just normal looking. <laughs> Always has like a five o'clock shadow. Yeah. He has clothes that fit him like a normal yeah. person would wear clothes. They're not too tight. They're not too baggy. Yeah. Just an ugly haircut. And <laughs> I don't know. It's man. like it's very messy dude. hair, but like still kind of formed. I don't know. It. He's just, you would never be able to pick <laughs> him out of any sort of lineup. But no, it, it's great. But my, um, so Oh, yeah, okay, so you said Argyle was your first experience with this. So then you got How I Spent My Summer Vacation I got, after that? I, well, yeah, I, I got, because I, I skipped I skipped their first album, if you want to call it their first album, and I heard Argyle, but I didn't even hear the whole album of, of Maniacal Laughter. It was pretty much just Argyle. And then I skipped their self-entitled, and then um, Hopeless, and then I came across this one because of Punkorama. Yeah. And that's... Uh, yeah, that's when I figured it out. Because I mean, there was no Wikipedia back then. It was just no, there was nothing. It was like word of mouth. There's barely any internet. internet yeah, at that point. exactly. And so, like, the only reason why I even realized these guys were the same band was because when I was downloading this off uh, Kazaa, because I, you know, I, I, I think I bought the Punkorama for whatever reason because that was the first one I ever bought. Yeah. And so when I was downloading this off Kazaa, it also said Argyle. I was like, well, I know that song, and I listened to it. I was like, holy shit, it's the same fucking band. Yeah. And so I downloaded all their music. And then I remember on my iPod too, when I downloaded their self-entitled, half of the songs downloaded the live version oh, of their weird. of their music. So songs like uh, the Chunk song, I had never heard the actual Chunk song until probably like five years ago. Maybe when I first started using Spotify, <laughs> I would say it was always the live version where <laughs> like Timmy Chunks actually came on stage and sang it with them. And yeah, like I I always just assumed that was the actual version because I, I thought too that their self entitled was like a comp album or something. Cause their first one's like a comp album essentially. Yeah. yeah you just have so much hate toward that fucking first record. It, I don't hate remarkable. it. There's a lot of fantastic. But all you songs. do is just talk shit on it because it's not a record. All you it's, do. It's, a, it's a comp. It's a comp. But you say that like it's a negative thing. My introduction to the bouncing souls was that Punkarama compilation with True Believers. And I, I did get that. Uh, I, I pretty much bought that compilation based on the cover. That was that was it. I mean, that was the only reason why I got it. And almost every single song on that comp got me into those bands. It, either that way, through that comp, or Except through my cousin. Oscar Strangled. Oh, that song's awful. That song's fucking awful. It's one of my favorite songs. I feel strangled. <laughs> I feel torn in two. Oh, it's so bad. I hate that song so much. I hated it when I was young and I still hate it. Uh, so bad. But I remember I got the comp and then I went on a family vacation with, with like my cousin and stuff. And my cousin's a couple years older than me. So he got me into a lot of punk music and a lot of metal music. And uh, and Bouncing Souls were one of those bands that he liked a lot. So knowing that he liked, because at first I didn't like True Believers at all. I, I didn't like it when I heard it on the comp. How could you not like I just, it Because I, I didn't like his voice. I didn't like his voice. But then knowing that my cousin liked him, I was like, okay, they're probably pretty good. So I started listening to them more. And then I just, I didn't get an actual record, I think, until after high school. And that was how I spent my summer vacation. Because I always had just had like random songs on like mixed CDs. Yeah. So I never had anything. And then when I got my iPod when I was like in junior, junior year or senior year, then I just had like random Bounce and Soul songs. And then eventually I got how I spent my summer vacation. That was the full 
the one album that I listened to in its entirety first, and uh, yeah, it's solid. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Oh, I love this record. All right. Tyler. So what are so now we've kind of like talked about our little history with this fucking band and this album. What would you say is your BB, your biggest banger on this record? How I spent my summer vacation. Uh, it's Mantham. I mean, that's it's never really changed. It's 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 Mantham. It's kind of always been Mantham, and then kind of going back into like the 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 Bouncing Souls first band thing for me, Ronald and Joe. Mm-hmm. That was always kind of like our favorite song too. So we like we've I've seen the Bouncing Souls with them too in our early high school days. Maybe even like almost no, because I my mom moved. Over there, park, doing some calculations in my mind. Because we didn't really start going to shows till like senior year, and then after senior year. Yeah, the first the first show I went to, like without people, like without like parents, was my like right before my junior year, like summer oh, okay. before. Oh. And that was Murder Dolls. Actually, funny, we were just talking about that off mic. Dang. Yeah, the Murder Dolls were the first band I saw without a chaperone. Dang, you say off mic like we're off mic. Yeah. Wow. And and it was at the showcase. And and, oh. and and even better, guess who came out and sang a song with the Murder Dolls? I, dude, I'll I, give you a hint. It was a band that we were just talking about. Who were we just talking about? It was about? a member of a band we were just talking about. Dope? No. Better than dope. Misfits. Misfits. Jerry Only came out. Really? And they played Devil's Whorehouse. Yeah, Murder Dolls played Devil's Whorehouse, and Jerry Only came out and, and sang on it. Wow. Yeah. There's actually, if you go on YouTube, you can look it up. It, it's have, on. It's on YouTube. If you type in like "Murder Dolls Showcase Theater" like 2003, it'll uh, it'll bring that up. <laughs> so, so they had some type of relationship with the Misfits, or at least just Jerry only. I guess. Well, more than well, yeah, because I mean Joey Jordison was you know on top of the world at the time. Slipknot oh. were one of the biggest bands in the world. Also, like how when you say like you can type it online, you use your hands like a keyboard. I did, yeah, you know, I use my hands a lot when I pod. Who like how many people you think out there actually use like a desktop keyboard? Everyone just does on their phone, right? I mean, I use this computer a lot. I use it all the time. If I can, if I can use this instead of my phone, I use my computer. Well, you pay like five thousand dollars for. I didn't pay that well. much money for it. Yeah, so Mantham has always been like my biggest, my biggest banger. Every time I would go to, because I've seen the Bouncing Souls, I think like all through high school, freshman, sophomore, junior, and senior year, in various places but then you and i didn't start going to shows together until probably late junior year yeah so that was like probably 2003 yeah so that sounds about right yeah because i definitely like me ronald ronald joe and i we definitely saw the bouncing souls when they had the banner of how i spent my summer vacation in the background okay i don't remember that so whatever tour they did in support of this album we we saw that would have been like 2001 2002 yeah fuck but they're but they're Joe's like three years younger than us. Yeah. Well, no, he's two years younger than is us. Two years? Oh. But well, that's he, a big difference when we're that young. It, it is true, but he was, um, I guess, in like the the. It's weird because because Kennedy High School was was a smaller high school. I don't want to say smaller. That's the wrong word. Smaller compared to where we went to high school. You know, like the old Beach Boys song, like "Be True to Your School." No, I don't at all. You're fucking stupid. <laughs> You're a dumb. Beach Boys are overrated. You're man. a dumb idiot. Just stop talking. Mute yourself. <laughs> Just stop. It's true they are overrated. So, so like Kennedy had school spirit. Like they they did pranks on their rival school, which yeah. was Cypress, which was down the street. Whereas Esperanza's rival school was like Cross County. How the fuck are we supposed to do Los pranks Alamitos, on Los Al? Stupid. Yeah. But like Kennedy was a good a good school spirit. I actually went to a bunch of like dances at Kennedy. Mm-hmm. 
because I was involved in that school at that time because I knew Joe and Ronald, and Joe was on the football team. Ronald's on the football team. Ronald wrestled. Yeah, and well, and your sister went there too. Yeah, and then yeah. my my sister went there, so I knew a lot of people from Kennedy, and so I just I, I don't know. I was in that scene, I guess, but. Like that scene itself was was very was very close knit, and so saying that Joe's two years younger than us, like yeah, he was, but he's like everybody knew everybody. Yeah, I guess I guess within that that small like kind of punk scene. Like, how many sophomores did you know when we were seniors in high school? I didn't know a lot. I probably knew like one because maybe I shared drama class with them or something. Yeah, no, that's it. it Yeah, you would you would have like a like a drama class or something where you know the class accepted more than one grade. But over there, it's they knew everybody, like the football team. Yeah. Everybody knew each other. Well, that's and then because, the football yeah, team and the wrestling team. Everybody knew each other. And the first like show I played was their 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 assembly. That's so weird. And and we played uh, Blister in the Sun, and Ronald played drums. And halfway through the song, when the little drum solo comes in, yeah, he fucking dropped the drumsticks. And <laughs> but like because everybody knew Joe and Ronald, yeah, they did the, like the entire assembly just erupted with like cheers and, of and course, laughter. Of and all the people that for that to happen, do it's fucking Ronald. But like everybody, the guy with the Ronald's worst the guy in the that world. like everybody loves Ronald. Yeah, Ronald is great. He's Nobody a, does not like Ronald. That's you know very what I mean? true. Yeah, very very it, true. It's, so I like that's that's the reason why it was not weird because it's kind of weird to hang out with people that are that much younger than you that early on in your life because I, I, the older you get, the age difference kind of goes away and disappears. Yeah. But two years when you're, you know, 15 is a lot. But that's why I went to shows a lot with Ronald and Joe's because we were in a band, kind of. We played music and hung out. But um, I don't know where I was going with this. But Mantham, yeah. Mantham, yeah, Mantham was always our favorite <laughs> song. And, and Mantham was always a song that when they played it, it was just like, okay, well, here we go. See you guys in like three minutes because we go in the pit and they never see each other. Yeah. Dude, that, that, was, that, that song was always a wild pit. That True Believers was always a wild pit. East Coast Fuck You was a wild pit. Here we go was probably the wildest pit. Here we go. Okay, so like let's, let's get back to Mantham. Mantham okay, was sorry. cool because it always has transitioned into Mantham. It was never like, oh, this next song's for the boys or this next song's for like partying. It was just they would play one song and then that drum roll like the yeah, oh, it's so good. That would come in and then like, oh, fight! Everyone just lose their mind and you start screaming. Yeah, that was good. And then, like, here we go. It always start with, like, here we go, here we go. Yeah. It would start slow, and they would build it up. Yeah, well, it wouldn't build up. It would just, like, start. <laughs> like, like everybody chants, here we go, and then it, and then the drumbeat just comes in super fast, and you're just you're trying to catch up. Yeah, that's, that's what, what it is. It, you're trying to catch up. Everyone's just trying to catch up. <laughs> oh, fuck. But Mantham, that, that's, my, that's my BB as well. That's my biggest banger. Um. It's never really know. changed. Like even though I love True Believers, and that was the first song I heard, like yeah. Mantham. Ever since I heard Mantham, that immediately replaced True Believers. There's something about it. I think not just musically too, but lyrically, it's just it's about. I mean, it's we've had actual stories. Like we've had actual shows we've been to that mimic exactly what they're saying yeah. in the show. Exactly, or in the song. Yeah, in Absolutely. the song. Yeah. Instead of Brad calling me up, it's like Tyler called me and then said, hey, there's a plus 44 secret show, show tonight. Do you want to <laughs> go? go tonight? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, it's crazy like how, how, how closely it parallels our actual yeah. life. Mind you, it is a pretty basic thing to say, but, but still. No, I, I, just never. Say, just nope. in, the, in the context of, nope. of this music and this band. It's, it's only just, happened to us. <laughs> It's it's fucking fantastic. It's my favorite one. So I mean, and it's your favorite one. Is this your favorite Bouncing Souls song? No, Argyle is my favorite. Oh, that's right. That's this right. is my number two though. 
this is a I don't know. Now I don't know if I want like this one more or here we go. No, it's a, you like this one more. Do I like this? Is, is is this still my number one? I don't know. You like here we go live or here we go studio? I like both, man. Both are perfect. The one's better than the other. No, they're both perfect. What are you doing over there? I don't know what thing? I'm doing over here. So here's here's Mantham from the Bouncing Souls. Fades again. The best fades in the world. I, I know you missed. I know you missed my classic fades in person, so I had to had to throw at least one in there for you. Why don't y'all just fade away? So that was Mantham from the Bouncing Souls. You know, it's I, I've totally forgot until right now, but the chorus doesn't hit for like halfway through the until halfway through the song. Yeah, you get, you get the first two verses, and then it, does Greg sing the second? The second verse because it doesn't really sound like him. That's like all Brian. So the, like Brian, okay? Brian has like three or four different songs on here. One song is in, I think entirely Brian, but the, Brian it? Brian does a lot here. Is it really this album? Oh, I don't know. I don't remember which song it is. Well, anything that doesn't sound like Greg is, is going to be. Brian. But almost everything sounds like Greg. <laughs> but but that yeah that was Mantha and that is the the best one and I think it's one of the the catchiest the catchiest choruses on the record as well. And uh, it just it gets me pumped. It gets me pumped every time I hear it. I love it. This song is interesting because it does it does hit all of like the the checks or the boxes. It does, it checks all of the boxes of things that I mm. like in songs. And it's almost like it's pandering to chumps like me <laughs> with the oys and mm. you know the ding, 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 ding. like it's so goofy the and so it, dumb. The only thing it doesn't have for you are the chicka chicka. Yeah, that's that's it. That's it, man. But otherwise, I, otherwise it, it has everything. It has everything that I would want. I didn't. I didn't realize you were such an oyman. I, I mean, think, I I don't think I listen to a lot of oi music, but oh, you throw oys in a song in in, in, a, in a chorus aspect or a gang vox aspect, I'll I'll eat it up. That could be pretty good as I'll long as you don't as long as you don't rely on the oys. Then yeah. 
Yeah, no, that's that's a good point too because this song definitely does not rely on the oys. It, it throws the oys in as a, like a like a cherry on the on the cake, you know. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do know what you mean. Not mean. Yeah. All right. That's, so that's my BB. Are there are there stinkers here? No, I got no stinkers. There's not even. I I would say maybe prior to this week I would have said that Streetlight Serenade oh. might be close to a stinker, but then listening because I haven't listened to that song. I probably haven't listened to that song in years. And uh, and I didn't. I decided not to skip it because we're doing this album, and uh, and yeah, man, I think it's it's really cool and it it's a great break from everything else. And it's just the, there aren't very many lyrics in the song. It's slower, but he sets up this vibe in Streetlight Serenade, which I really thought was cool. And I I, I have no I have no stinkers. So there, I I don't have stinkers either. I have parts that I could do without, like for instance, the intro to uh, Lifetime. Um, 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 you said lifetime. So what, what's going on with lifetime? Yeah. Lifetime. I just, I, I, I'm very, very indifferent about that intro. When the guitar starts, starts by itself. I mm-hmm. think it, I think the song turns into fucking gold, but I just, that intro, I just, I've never, I've never been a fan. What's wrong? I don't understand what's so wrong with it. I, I don't, I don't like when they, when they do the acoustic guitar mm-hmm. mix with like their, their heavier punk stuff. I, they, yeah, they but, it, they but it's only—it's well. so brief, though. It's only like ten seconds. Hey, I, I can't—I can't just say this is a perfect album. Everything's great about it. I got a nitpick in some in some uh, spark in some parts. Are so, you saying this is not a perfect album? Yeah, I never said that. Oh my god! Or I suppose the burps. Yeah, I know, Fuck it, dude. But I, I I do like how they can go from fast to slow again, just in like seconds, not even seconds, like instantaneously. They do it a lot. They they it's it's, it's cool. And then going into the second verse on on uh, Lifetime, there's this rad fucking guitar slide. So oh, punk yeah. rock. Oh, oh dude. So good. <laughs> 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 uh, we can't do that. He's canceled. <laughs> That's true. Fuck. Delia got canceled. But uh but no, I this is this is uh this is a good song, a great song. But if I had to pinpoint something on this album that I didn't like, it would be the intro to this song. And That's also, I, also the outro is also the intro, and I wish the song ended after the fast part. Aye, aye, aye. So, but that's so nitpicky. That is just so, like, in the context of the song and the entire record, that is so nitpicky. Absolutely. But then, but then, but then, but then, but then, but then. Actually, uh, <laughs> late, late, I was I was looking at Street Like Serenade because I just played it, but late bloomer. That that intro is another one that I could do without. In the end, like I, I just I don't know what it is, man. But again, like that clean guitar, I, I don't think they do it well unless they're making a song that is strictly instrumental, like Moon Over Moon Over Asbury. Mm-hmm. They've done, and that's just strictly inter- instrumental and it's very clean. It's very kind of boring, I guess, in their sense. But I love it. I think it's a fantastic yeah. song. It's so fucking good. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. It's so it's good. Okay. It's okay. It, it like even without the vocals, even without Greg, it still like moves and it still bounces. And I've seen him play that one multiple times. I like how you moved your arm like Greg moves his arm live. Well, I, I I did it more than he does too. I <laughs> went. True, yeah. I'm like a swashbuckler. <laughs> he just kind of like does like this thing, like three or four, and then, three and then to six might, inches. He might do like like a like a very small kick. He's he's he, and a very small and slow kick. His like kicks are never fast. Like it's almost like he's an old man trying to like. Yeah, goof around. That's how he acts on stage. Like he's Johnny Knoxville in the old man suit. <laughs> yeah. I will say though, late bloomer is my my five banger. It's my number five banger on this one. Okay, 
It is a solid one, but what do you got for your number two? I mean, uh, do well, you have any other? Do you have any other? You know, let's let's, let's let's do let's do late bloomer. So so my favorite line in late bloomer, and one of my favorite lines on the album too, is when he says, "You're you you were so fucking cool." Mm-hmm. Like that's that's so basic. That is so <laughs> that is so childish. That is so basic, but it's so effective and it, it works so well with the, like the concept of this album and everything's being so, so earnest. Yeah. And there's so many songs here that seem fun and seem melodic, but are kind of like, uh, kind of dark in the yeah. sense of bouncing souls. This album, this album too is, uh, like you said, it, it is very earnest and it's way more earnest than I thought it was, but it's also a little bit like melancholy and a little bit sad. Like, yeah. like we talked about in Street uh, fuck, Street, Street Light, Light Serenade. Serenade to that no one, one is a very kind of like sad, sad song as long as well as um, Broken Record is kind of kind of like that as well. And uh, break up the breakup song. That one, that one too. Those those are like pretty depressing songs when you break them down. But then they have these catchy ass melodies and and grooves that are just can't help but love them but <laughs> but late bloomer yeah it's it's definitely an earnest one and kind of what i get reading it i mean his lyrics aren't very, they don't seem very deep they're pretty you know not basic but this they're, is just, a, this they're is very emo song through and through it is and it talks about you know he he wants this girl he's always wanted her he's always wanted to be with her um but it's and she kind of always has always wanted to be with him but it's never it's never synced up they've never it's never the right place at the right time. Like they, one of them has a girlfriend or boyfriend, another one doesn't, and so that, that's kind of what it is. So I think that's a very relatable song as well, and I think that's another reason why the Bouncing Souls are so popular. Not just because of their music, but their lyrics are very relatable. Like we've, like we already talked about, Mantham is one song that we we've related to, <laughs> like but I mean specifically to us. But uh, many songs on this record, they not only do they just talk about like love and heartbreak, but songs like. Um, uh, broken record that that can have two different meanings that could have the meaning of you know you like wanting to leave town because just the monotony of just being where you're at in life you just want to start a new life someplace else but then you can also say that that could also be about like love like with your girl or whatever whoever i say to me all the time i say i say change the record <laughs> <laughs> but more just to be annoying well yeah but going back to because I late bloomer yeah. that's what we were talking yeah, about yeah late right? bloomer I keep yeah going, like that, I keep that one around. that one is so emo like this one oh just open my ice chest somehow <laughs> see like I thought this one was more about he actually saw a person that he used to date or somebody that he he wanted to be with but for whatever reason it never worked out oh okay and then by seeing that person it just naturally filled himself full of all these emotions that he already had. Because like if I, I mean I don't think I've ever seen like an ex in that capacity, but if you were to see somebody you've previously dated, through no fault of your own, it would be natural to bring up those old feelings. Oh, absolutely! Like you would have no control over it, and I think that's kind of that's kind of where this is going, and I and I th- I think like overall this album is very good at at being earnest and discussing his feelings in a time in two thousand one in a time where like the whole like mental health and, and the emotional health, like nobody even thought about it. Nobody even cared. This yeah. was like 20 years ago. Yeah. And I mean, now we're just getting into where bands, it's okay to talk about this stuff. And like, dude, these guys were punk They're They've been accepted 100% into the punk world and they were still doing this. Yeah. Like, it's incredible. Five albums later. Five it's incredible. Albums later. Yeah. It is pretty fucking remarkable how this band has stood the test of time and they're so well respected within the community. It's, 
it's bizarre. A lot of bands do not have that in every record, you know. Nobody has like people in the punk community haven't really they don't really criticize uh the bouncing souls. Yeah, they don't really criticize the bouncing souls <laughs> or anything like that. But sorry, I was That's from Shark Attack. Oh, it is from Shark Attack, right. But anyway, yeah, should I play a little bit of Late Bloomer? Uh, I mean, it's. I don't think it's like they're one of their best on the album, but well, uh, I mean, I don't think so either. It's my my, my number five banger. But <laughs> should we get into your to your two B? What do you got? I, I think the one two three punch of that song, Private Radio and True Believers, is just untouchable. What? I think I think all three of those songs in sequential order. I may would want to put Private Radio as number one on the album conceptually because it is like tuning the radio. Yeah, and I think coming off of that song. It's just kind of weird. Like, why tune the radio if that has nothing to do with the rest of the album? Like, why even put that part in there? Mm. It's just weird to me. I, I, I like it because I know what's coming eventually. After the future's all so bright. <laughs> and then it goes... So I, I like it. I dig it. But I just... Like, conceptually speaking, I think it's just kind of weird. Out of place almost. But, dude, like, that song, Private Radio on True Believers, is, mm-hmm. those are untouchables. Those are untouchables. Well, now... My 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 sixth banger is Private Radio. That is my number six banger. My two B, my second banger is that song. Because I mean, how can you? What a, what an intro with that that snare those snare hits that da, 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 da. oh and then it's just like it's just like barrels through that fucking song. Oh my god, it's so that's good. like that's like the iconic. Like it starts off fast and hard, and that's like their iconic bouncing soul sound that yeah. we knew. Up until this point, minus like some stuff from Hopeless or Manic, but what the Bouncing Souls made the career doing was basically the first part of that song. And then it transitioned perfectly into like private radio and then it got deeper and deeper and deeper. And then the Bouncing Souls careened off and became like a kind of different band, but still kept their integrity. Yeah. And so I think that's why Summer Vacation is so important is because it was it was a, it was a it was a bridge between the young, fast hopeless romantics mm-hmm. into the more complex but and can you i mean you can make the argument the reasoning for that is the new drummer this is the first drummer with michael mcdermott and also yeah. the guitarist what's his name pete pete Steinkopf. Steinkopf. Pete was said in an interview a few years ago that when when michael came into the band it was like a breath of fresh air for the band and they they started to write songs differently with mike in the band he brought a whole different vibe to to everything, and I think that's interesting. And you can see that in this in this album compared to everything prior, because it doesn't all the songs don't barrel through. So this is like the real transition of the band. But then and then they obviously started to experiment more after this record. I think did he, he not did he not fuck did he Oof. not oi did he not play did Michael McDermott not play? I think he played for Hot Water Music. That's all I was trying to say. I don't think so. No, he. I don't think he played for Hot Water. That's all I was trying to say. Yeah, I don't think he did. I, he, I'm pretty sure he did. I don't think. He, I don't think he did. But I'm pretty sure regardless, Hot Water music isn't that good. Well, no, but they they're <laughs> they're they're a band that has been like like um, classified as like one of the greats in the punk community because their 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 lyricism is deep and and things like that. But yeah, um, the music is so boring. I I don't get Hot Water music. I don't know. I don't know if it's Michael McDermott or their current drummer. Maybe it's a current drummer. I don't know. One of the two drummers of Bouncy Souls. I don't think it was Michael. Music. Maybe it was the other guy, the 
the Ribolo. Ribolo. Yeah. He's only been on Kylo Comet. Ribali. He's only been on no. He's only been been on Simplicity. I think. Yeah, that was it. That was it. Yeah. That was that. No, but no. you're right. Like so. So Michael McDermott. He he plays a lot of um, kind of like the the style that I like when I when I want to hear drummers. I like them to use a lot of floor toms. Really? Yeah, I, I like snares. I like drum rolls. I like floor toms. I like pretty much anything except for like cymbals. Okay. Any kind of like cymbal hits or hi hats, I I can do without. I just like a lot of like Bonham style drumming, just very basic, very rolls, toms, mm-hmm. and I think he does that a lot. Specifically, like on Mantham, yeah. he's that it, like that simple beat with the toms and everything, but he also adds in that double time, mm-hmm. kind of halfway through it. But he does it a lot. And that was something we didn't, we never saw until Hope or until summer vacation. Yeah, because they, well, I mean, like I said, they didn't, the drummer didn't have time to, to do anything other than just play like a, like a punk beat because they were playing so fast. Because th- this album, generally speaking, is much slower tempoed than their prior, prior records. So, so I, do you think, I think like, that's what it is. Do you think Hopeless Romantic could have been that much better had this guy played on it? I feel like it would have, yeah. Because Hopeless Romantic, I feel like songwriting wise, they were going, they wanted to go in the direction of this record, but they couldn't, they, I feel like that is the true transition record because it, it's a little bit of, or it's a lot of the, the early, the first three records mixed with what they were trying to do on here. So it's, that's why I feel like it's all over the place. Like they could, they couldn't find that, that combination within a song. So that's why you have so many songs that are just like really good or just okay on that record. So like they had the idea, they knew where they wanted to go. They just physically could not get there. They just couldn't find that. They just hadn't evolved. Okay. As a, as I feel like as songwriters at that point, and then also you know like you hear a lot of bands say like when they get if they get a new member, it's like you get this like rush, like you get this this surge of energy to to write something different because you have this whole different vibe in your band, and that, I think that's what it was. I mean that's another like like testament to the Balancing Souls is that three seventy five percent of this band has been there since the beginning. Yeah, and we're talking like thirty years. Yeah, exactly. That's crazy, and they're still releasing music. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean I'm not a huge <laughs> fan of their newest song, but it's still but it's, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's like not the bad Crucial at all. Moments EP is not bad. Yeah, it's pretty good. No, but the World on Fire song. That was oh, that one. that one released this year too. Yeah, that was like last month, I think. Yeah. It was. Yeah. But yeah, like 30 years, man, 30 years of at least 75% of your members there. And I think only two of these guys are doing things outside of the Balancing Soul, as far as I know. Yeah, I know the guitarist, he does a lot of production work. Okay, he well, does stuff three, in the studios. Because he, um, I was reading more about him. I didn't know this, but he has two recording studios in New Jersey within the same city actually. And he, uh, he records like local bands and stuff. He's rec- he's produced all of the Balancing Souls records from the Argyle up until now to Simplicity as well as the new EP. So he, he does a lot of shit with local bands too, which I think is really rad. And he, not only does he produce, but but he also does, he co-writes with uh, these other bands as well. So he's like, he's like the, the cool John Feldman (laughs) or the good John Feldman. Maybe some might, the the, the non obnoxious John Feldman. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So that, that even goes into how great this band is because not only do they keep production in house. Yeah. Their record label, Chunksaw Records, they keep that in house, yeah, right. And then also, like cover art, they keep cover art in house. Kind of like this is like the Vandals. This yeah, is the Vandals. Yeah. They're, they're the exact same way. They have Kung Fu records of the East Coast. Yeah, 
and Warren produces, he's produced all their records since he joined the band, essentially, back in 1990 when him and Josh Freeze joined. And then, yeah, they do all the artwork. They've taken a step further, though. Even like, like litigation, they try and keep in house. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like the panels have covered all they, of bases. They literally have a lawyer in their band, like <laughs> who became like, a lawyer just to be a lawyer for the band. Yeah, exactly. And he specializes in what, like, enter, he's like an entertainment lawyer. Yeah, whatever that is. He specializes in that specific type of law, which is even like. Dude, like the vandals, which is also funny because you're wearing a vandals hat, right? I am wearing exactly, and I will say, the vandals are probably a perfect band. They're not my favorite band, but they might be a perfect band because every like they are super talented. They write really fun, catchy, fast punk music, and like we were all this shit we just explained. They they do everything for themselves. They create their own merch. As stupid as stupid as some of it is, have you seen the newest one that they put out, the Del Taco one? No. They have this picture that I think like a fan or somebody sent them or their manager sent them from like 1993 of them eating Del Taco inside of a Del Taco restaurant with like a bunch of French fries, and they just took that picture and put it on a shirt and sold it. Perfect. It's just like how simple of an idea and how stupid of an idea, but. I think like if you had a, if you ask somebody, Hey, like, what do you look for in a band, like in in, in a band that you want to love, you want to follow, you want to buy things from, you want to spend money on, Mm -hmm. what do you look for? And if they listed you off five things, I think the bouncing souls and the vandals both have all five of those things. Yeah. Also the vandals, they're one of those bands where every member is like their own character. Like nobody's like the other. Cause Josh freeze is Josh freeze. Like if you don't know who he is, look him up. And then Warren, the guitar player, he's so out there and wonky and the way he dresses <laughs> and the way he speaks and then his talent on top of it. And then Dave Quackenbush, the singer, is just this kind of like he, he's a lot like Greg where he's like kind of basic. He's not yeah. he's not the most like energetic front man, but he still can command a crowd really well. Somehow. He's a plain old people that for some reason people listen to. And then Joe, the bass player, he's like we said, he's a fucking lawyer. He he's won the lawsuit. He's a mastermind he of, is. of everything. And he works in TV. Like he's worked in TV since the early 90s. And he was the reason why the Vandals were all over that episode of X-Files. Right. He was one of the reasons why, you know. He was, he he knew Chris Carter, right? Is that what the thing was? I think so. Or no, I think they were just big fans of the Vandals. Uh. But he also did, um, I think he did He did something with NBC, even though it was not an NBC show, but he worked with NBC a lot back in the early 90s. So he was in that whole entertainment industry. Yeah, I mean, so again, like going back to the Bouncing Souls, how they keep everything in-house, and then um, just, it's like the cover art thing, and like Brian Keeneland, the, the bass player, he's he's an interesting dude, mm-hmm. and he owns his own tattoo shop, Anchors Away Tattoo in New Jersey, kind of kind of fun, right? So it, like, but 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 if you go to his Instagram or whatever, people tag him. They always say, "Oh, I got my tattoo from from Brian from the Bouncing Souls," and they'll post a picture of his tattoo that he did. Yeah, and it's always of like the Bouncing Souls face, that little circle. <laughs> yeah, which I think is really ugly. I don't want to. I don't like. It that it. Much. I'm not a fan of it either. So I, I've always like wanted to get some type of Bouncing Souls tattoo, but my options are either probably get that circle with the fist coming out of it, like in summer vacation, yeah. or to get like an anchor. Right, yeah, but anchor so. It's so cheesy. It's so basic. You know? It is. It's so cheesy. And then Greg, he does like him and his wife. They do like kids' music. Did they really? Yeah, they. Oh. they I, I think like more through his wife, whoever she is. She's like some Canadian singer who's uh, popular in some aspect. Playing a warp tour a couple times. Okay. She got with some salt, but they do. Uh, yeah, they do kids' music and. But every everybody but Michael McDermott, I'd really. 
Yeah, mm. I don't know much about him. I I couldn't find much on on him anyway. Except that I love his drumming on all the things that he's done. Yeah, I know. I I do like his drumming a lot as well. I, I agree with you on that. So should we play a little bit of that song, maybe? Yeah, play that song. I don't know. We could, because that is a solid one. Play that song. So here it is, that song. I put that record on just to make a There you go. A bit of that song from the Bouncing Souls. Now, uh, so your your 2B, you didn't really give me your 2B on this. You said it was like a combination of the first three songs, but... I, I think the first three songs need to be listened to in order. Yeah. Just because I'm so familiar with this. But if I wanted, if someone said like, hey, like, why do you like the Bouncing Souls? I'd pro- honestly, I'd probably give them Argyle and True Believers. Mm, yeah those are the two songs i would tell them to listen to if you don't like these then just don't even bother because you're probably not gonna like this band (laughs) that's very very true well do you want to get more into true believers because we didn't we played it but we didn't really talk about it yeah you know that's fine we can do that all right (laughs) it's it's (laughs) we we played it already and it's pretty straightforward it's 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 a classic banger dude like when you it's been a banger since oh one yeah and one of the the he has like three things that there's there are three things that greg really talks about on this record one is his love for music the other is his love life and then the other one is kind of like a more depressing kind of side but it's very very subtle and it's barely there but it's still there uh and true believers falls in the in the line of like his love for music and the whole scene that that he was in and how you see people come and go from the the scene but you know that's what you believe in i mean that that's the scene that's your life and almost like your identity and i thought that was really cool and it's a great anthem it's one of the greatest anthems i I think i think like going on that too i i i I think true believers is is just his way of saying there are people like me that no matter what i think no matter how emotional i am there are other people like me and like the last lines we stand together our hearts in our hands yeah like he's he's, he doesn't care anymore he's not afraid he's not afraid to be earnest he's not afraid to throw it all out there yeah he's not afraid to say that he's sad or he's happy or he's depressed yeah and again man just in a time where it wasn't as welcoming as it is today which is still not very welcoming but at a time when it's not like dude this was like 20 years ago yeah i know and this dude is like in one of the biggest kind of you know underground punk bands i guess it's solid Mm mm-hmm and but and also in this song he doesn't really criticize those that leave the scene. He's just saying like you know 
that's the way life is. You can't expect. It is what you, it is. You can't expect every. Uh, you can't expect everybody to just stay in the scene, and he just—it's like no hard feelings. Like if that's if that's your your thing, then you know that's cool. God, go, it just sounds like the fucking it. nicest guy ever. It's I know. so irritating. <laughs> it's crazy. Like no matter what you say to this guy, he's like, oh, it's, "Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it, man." Yeah. Like you borrow twenty bucks, eh, don't worry about paying it back. It's all good. <laughs> exactly. Like, can you just be mad? <laughs> <laughs> never seen him. I've never seen him get mad at a show. Never he's seen like, him be anything. To be fair, I mean, he does smile a lot. I will say that he does smile, and like we said, he does the little foot thing every once in a while. Yeah. He does the little <laughs> arms every once in a while, but that's about it. So, like to, as a disclaimer, we did watch their. Uh, we have a DVD of of Bouncing Souls Live at the Glass House 05. So that was right when they released Anchors Away. Yeah, it was because they saw the banner in the background. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. So, so we watched the DVD Live at the Glass House, our favorite venue. Probably one of the best venues in Southern California. Yeah, and um, that's why we're getting all this 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 new newfound feels because we've seen him so many times. But you forget kind of how I hate to say boring because he's not boring. This is who he is. Yeah, and he's embraced like who he is. And he just doesn't he doesn't try to be somebody he's not. I like that. I really like that about. But him it too. is kind of boring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, every once in a while, I, I, I will say that every once in a while he will jump into the crowd, which is big for him. Uh, but that's about as far as it goes. That's probably the craziest he ever gets is jumping into the crowd for like like half of a song. <laughs> but he's always smiling, <laughs> you know. It's, it's true. Just, like okay, so so the few the few people I've seen at the old House of Blues in Anaheim at Downtown Disney, they had uh, they had all of like their PA's you know bolted against the wall. I've only seen two people stand on top of those PA like climb up on on them, and they're like fifteen feet high. Yeah, they're high. So it wasn't like an easy climb, but the singer from Zebrahead did it, and then the, the, the Greg from the Bouncing Souls did it. The Zebrahead he jumped off, but the Greg he just kind of sat there and sang, and then climbed <laughs> down. But that, but regardless, like that's yeah, bizarre. That's big for him. That's it was big weird. for him. Yeah, yeah. Good Had it him. been any other punk band, they would have jumped or. But we, I've seen no down. effects there. I've seen Goldfinger there. Feldman but it's hard. Never, but it's hard for no. There? It's hard for no effects and Feldy to do it from Goldfinger well, because fat Mike is fat and well, no, because Feldy is boring. They play their, they play instruments. You know, yeah. they're they're not just That's singing. True. So it's that one's a little bit different. As much as I I would love to talk shit about Feldy, I'll give him a pass there because he does play guitar, even though he doesn't really need to because he has two guitar players yeah, there with him. Now. A lot of the times he's not actually playing; it's just kind of hanging there. Yeah, that's true. And and yeah, like I said, he has two guitar players there to to cover up for him. Plus, he's too busy like like cupping the mic. You know, they cup the mic when they try to yeah. like get really. It's crazy. like it's like Dave Grohl and the Foo Fighters. Oh, There's God. three guitar players, so you don't really need Dave there. You got two, you got one really accomplished guitar player, and then you have Pat Smear, who, you know, is a guitar player. Well, even though I I very much dislike the Foo Fighters, Dave Grohl ne- needs to not play the guitar because he's too busy. He's a great frontman. He's too busy doing things that are amazing as far as a frontman goes. You hate Foo Fighters. You fucking hate him. I do. But you've seen him like at least twice. Yeah. At least twice. I've seen him three times. Because he put on a good show. They do put on a fantastic show. And Dave Grohl, like there's never a dull moment. I actually got to touch Dave Grohl. Irritating. He was standing right next to me. He was right next to me playing a guitar solo. Right literally right here. Like within a foot of me playing a guitar solo. 
I would. And I had my and I had my my like arm around him, probably like uh, around his shoulder. You should, you, like what you should have done was do like the reach round and then put your finger in his nose like oh, that. Oh, dude, that been, or do the fish hook in the. Mouth. Oh my god. <laughs> that would have been so. Fish good. hook, Dave Grohl. Can you imagine? I would have probably got my ass beat, but I was like fourteen when I saw them. I can't imagine Dave Grohl ever fighting anybody. No, I can't. I can't either. He would just turn like whatever negative thing that just happened into like a party. <laughs> like, like if some guy came at him and who's really pissed off, they would end up just like drinking together and having a good time. Yeah, probably, probably. Like nobody hates Dave Grohl. Nobody does, except for like the guys on Punk News. But they're they're full of shit though. Deep yeah. down inside, you know they like Dave Grohl. Yeah. They don't like the Foo Fighters much like me, but they like Dave Grohl as a front man. It's okay. So I listened to Punk Till I Die. The 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 offshoot of Punk oh, News boy. with Tom Trauma and Liverpool Neil. And they, they criticize Dave Grohl a lot. They say, yeah, he seems like a really nice guy, but people need to stop saying that he was the drummer for Scream and like that gives him punk cred because he was the drummer for Scream at the very end of their the tail end. So like he didn't do any of their significant music or like their their sought out music. So Who it's the like fuck even cares. Hey, Scream is big in the punk community. <laughs> in the hardcore Ugh. community. They are. I mean, you can't deny that. And Dave Grohl did play in the band before Nirvana, the tail end. So, but they do criticize him a lot for that. But anyway, back to Bouncing Souls. Uh, so we talked about True Believers, that song, Mantham. We talked about Late Bloomer. What else we got here? Mm-hmm. What else do you want to talk about? I think I think No Complies is important because it breaks up like that um, that lubby dubby pacing. A streetlight serenade, late bloomer, and then going into the the final track, which we'll probably save for the final thing. Oh, yeah. I think he just likes to yell, like the, his his outro <laughs> vocals on this one, and everyone's just like yelling. Yeah, I think it's cool. I think it's fun. I I, I like it. Who doesn't like to yell, especially when they go to shows? And and I, this band does that a lot. They just like to yell. They like to throw their gang vocals in. They like to kind of like break up the pacing and then come together. Yeah, in the absolutely. chorus, I guess. But no complaints, fun. I, I don't. I don't. Again, I don't really have any any stinkers. Um, brrr, broken record, like you said earlier. That's that's fun. Yeah, no, that that song's fantastic. This is this is one of my favorite intros on the album. Is it? I think it's so fucking cool. The whole the whole song is very dark in its tone. I think when the drums come in, it's it's fucking gold. It's so basic. It's so simple. But it's effective. And then like the second verse when, when they come in with the bass and then the same thing with the drums again. Fucking gold. Mm-hmm. And and like the Oz and the chorus. Like those oh, backup vocals. That. Like that's like some shit like you would hear from 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 old like sixties Beatles and stuff. Like let's all get everybody singing together. Yeah. That's great. Let, let, fuck it. Let's just play that's a good let's song. play a little bit of broken record. So here it is from the Bouncing Souls. Skipping like a broken record I love you all But I gotta get out Change this scenery I've got to find What I'm living for I've got to change This life that I'm living No one alone For myself No Somebody to give myself to 
There you go. There's a little bit of broken record. One of the the greats from this from this record. One of the greats from this band, the Bouncing Souls. Oh, let me let me look at my list. Let me see if I want to play or talk about anything. Well, and also what what we ah oh, fuck. Well, better life. Like better life starts off hard. It starts off fast. It gets it gets its real legs in the chorus because this chorus is so fucking catchy. The instruments in this one never stop. Yeah. And I even time stamped it. So if you want to play it right about the the forty five mark. In better life, right? In better life, yeah. I love the way he sings. It's a little bit different, mm-hmm. and it's the shortest song on the album. Yeah, it is really short, huh? It's less than two minutes. And it's just like the whole song. There's so much fucking yelling. Why is everybody yelling? <laughs> I don't know, but here's a here's better life from the Bouncy Souls. <laughs> Backups right there, those arms. Oh, it's so good. I love that. Those are pop punk arms, dude. Those are good. Those are great, great arms. I'm totally digging it. And you know, this is Better Life is another one of those love songs that he writes, and uh, it's pretty, pretty basic. But he talks about the love of his life and how she truly makes him a better person. And this is like a tribute to his girl. That's what it is. And I, dude, see, like I, I, I think that Greg is better than that. What I think mean? that I think that Greg writes songs not just like based on this person makes me feel this way, but then he takes those feelings and say, I'm glad I feel this way. And then it's just is he's just happy to be like alive. It's happy to be here. That's what I like, mean. he's just he's just happy to be here. And and like specifically with this one, in, in that part that I like a lot is uh and he says, and everything just cancels out and the for and for that moment there's no doubt. Like whatever's going on in his life, or whatever's making him happy at that point—be it a girl, a a boy, a movie, a song—because we've heard that, and we'll talk about Gone later on. Anything can set this dude off. He's a very emotional dude. He is. He is very emotional. But like at this specific time in this in this song, everything else everything else cancels out, and for once, right now, he is truly happy. Even though it may be a short amount of time, but he is truly happy. But he takes that. He takes that moment. Yeah. He takes that moment to reflect, to write a fantastic fucking banger song. Because this is my top five bangers. Really? Better Life Life is? So good. So fucking good. Okay. So that that actually bleeds into the song, The Something something, something Special. That Something Special. That Something something Special. This is my, my fourth banger on this one. And I like this one a lot. I mean, not only musically, but lyrically too. This one, this one talks about the the first part of it talks about having a big fight and then the breakup, and then the very end talks about how lonely and shitty he feels, and the, his regrets of the entire situation, all within like two and a half minutes. This it's is very quick. This is one of those songs where 
where like the music pattern doesn't really match the vocal melody mm-hmm. like at all, but they both end up at like the super catchy chorus. Like they both start and they, they wane off each other and they can, they, you know, they, they go outward and they come together at a, at a point yeah. in the chorus. And I think it's, I think it's fantastic, but uh, dude, the intro to this one is, it's so fucking good. It's like a ballad type song that just kind of turns into a fun, mm-hmm. bouncy, bouncing soul song. It is. It is. The bouncing self. I'm, I'm going to play. I'm going to play it. Why not? So here's that. It's actually the something special, not that. So I think it's called that. Something it's the something special. it is the something special the something special from the bouncing souls that is a very bouncy song for the bouncing souls and it's one of my faves it's one of my faves on the album one of my faves one in my general faves. it's a banger it's it's a true true banger <sighs> do we have anything else to talk about or should we get into the final song the probably one of the greatest closers to an album of all time Dare I say? Mm, We've talked about pretty much everything. I want to. It is. 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 It is important to know. Actually, wait, wait. The only song we have not talked about was Lifetime. We've talked about every single song in here, but Lifetime. We have. No, we we talked about Lifetime. No, we didn't. Because I I erased all my notes. Why do you erase your notes? I don't get it. We but we did not talk about Lifetime. We did. No, we did not talk about. Yes, we did. We did not talk about when lifetime. you when you edit this pod, you'll you'll realize we that we did, did not talk about lifetime. And then you won't text me that you're wrong. No, I would. Te- I've texted you when it, when you were, when I was wrong before. Mm, you only text me when you're right. Anyway, we did not talk about last. Life- who made this popcorn? Lifetime. You like added butter, fucking salt, more butter, That's garlic salt, garlic salt. Oh Jesus! 
Ooh, Lowry's is so good. You put Lowry's in here? Lowry's on popcorn is like the best. It's not. Tahin on popcorn is the best. Tahin is not good. You're right. It's great. No, it's not. It's 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 all bad. You're so dumb, Tyler. It's all bad. I, I, it's important to note that Brian does sing a lot on this. Streetlight Serenade. I think that's a that's a basically that Brian? a Brian song. Um, oh, I always thought it was Greg, and I gave him more credit than I should have. I guess. I, I also like in the breakup song, the last the last line Greg sings. How did you get so deep inside of me? Yeah. Even though it's supposed to be like, I think it's supposed to be. Deep and <laughs> like emotional, emotional. I always, I was funny. It was always goofy to become childish. Yeah, when you're when you're thirteen. Deep inside of me, <laughs> I always thought that was funny. I was it always made me giggle. But um, yeah, we we could do Gone. Well, we've talked. We've literally talked about every song. Literally, literally, we literally talked about every, every fucking song. song. Oh. We can we can ask our uh, our British fan if um if, if our we're, if, if our, our accents, accents are, good. are good yeah, yeah from from Birmingham it's from Birmingham Birmingham yeah. <laughs> I don't even know <laughs> I don't know what that is either <laughs> I'm sure he'll tell us how terrible it is yeah when he listens to this episode he'll he'll DM us he's probably it. a fan of Tottenham <laughs> but he's from Birmingham. They're London fuck Birmingham they're fucking London like like the way I picture the UK. Or like Great Britain or whatever or they want to... Or let's just say England. Whatever they... Let's leave every other country out. Let's just say Whatever England. they want to call themselves is I feel like it's the size of like Orange County and <laughs> Santa Ana fucking is Liverpool and Anaheim <laughs> is Manchester United. Like, oh, we fucking... Like, dude, you're like a mile apart. It's crazy Calm to think... Calm down, bro. It's crazy to think how small the country of England is. The country of England is essentially, I think, the size of Southern California. And that's it. It's you know, it's so it's like it's like uh, it's like uh, Anaheim fighting San Diego. But then if you, you say, know? so and that's like, that's a long trip. That's like a two hour trip. So if you say like, but like I think I have no idea. I've never been over there. But people from from Wales or like Northern Ireland, if if you call them English, like they get they get upset, right? Because well, they're not English. They get pissy. But they're all part of the UK, right? They're all part of like. The United Kingdom, that yes, Great Britain area. But I don't think I don't think anybody says, "Oh, I'm from the United Kingdom." I think they say where they're from. I'm from England. I'm from Wales. But I think I'm people from, from England would say, Scotland, "Yes, I'm from the I'm 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 British." But if you call somebody from no, Northern I don't Ireland think British, I don't think I don't think anybody from Ireland would say that they're British. Of course not, because they don't. They would say be, that they're but Irish. They are. They would say that they're from Ireland. They're from, but they're, they, are. they are Irish. Technically speaking, but nobody's going to say that. Because they're buttered about it. I don't know. I don't. We have like one fan in England in that area. <laughs> Maybe he can enlighten at least, us at least on one this that, that reaches out to us and talks to us. Because we we don't we don't use the metric system over here. We don't do anything we, like that. We yeah. we order our quarter pounders with cheese, not royales with cheese, as Pulp Fiction would oh lead you to believe. So, so maybe we can be enlightened by some of our our, our listeners. Yeah, he'll enlighten us. I won't give out any names who it is. But uh, yeah, he'll he'll, he'll he's also in a band or like a group or whatever. Yeah, we did check him out too. And Tyler thinks they're okay, but I think they're fucking pretty damn good. (laughs) You're such an asshole. You did. You said they were okay. So dumb. I did not say that. You did, Tyler. I did not say that. Tyler's lying now. I did not say that. What did you say then? I said they were cool. Oh, there we go. Oh, you're so stupid. I know what you're trying to do. I know exactly what you're trying to do. It's okay if you don't like somebody's band. You can support the band, but still not like them. You're unbelievable. You're unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. unbelievable. 
shit. I liked them, though. I thought they were cool. Yeah, they were cool. You thought they were okay. Anyway, I thought they were cool. Let's get back to the bounce souls. Let's finish this up. Let's 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 wrap it up with Gone. Let's let's just play it and then we'll uh, we'll talk about it. So here is Gone from the Bouncing Souls. There's gone from the bouncing souls, and I, I bef- before we we actually briefly talk about this song, uh, our friend of the pod out in Birmingham, he uh, his his band is called We Are Wait We Are Modern Literature. That's what you they're just fucking I know, looked at. I, it. I literally just fucking looked at. it. <laughs> oh, I'm the fucking worst. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh shit! Yeah, We Are Modern Literature. That's that's the name of the band. So go check them out. They're on. Uh, I think they're on Bandcamp. They're also. They might be on Spotify. But you I should definitely check them out. Not because Tyler does not like them, or because oh I God. like them. You're the fucking worst, <laughs> dude. It's okay not to like a oh band. My God, that's not it at We've all. We've seen so many bands like from our high school play that oh I did God. not fucking like. Like Vermin, I did not like Vermin. I did not like that. That was not good music to me. You don't like Grandcore. But I would is. support them because they went to our high school and they were cool dudes. And you liked yeah, them. Yeah, Ricky and Nathan were great. Those so there's no reason why I wouldn't support them. So you can still support something you don't like. Oh my god, this is a nightmare. But it just it just so happens I think the I think that song that that we saw or or that I showed that I yeah that you, you showed me was pretty fucking good. Yeah, it was cool. I liked it a lot. I'm glad you liked it. Tyler right. Tyler is is trying real hard not to be on the <laughs> on the butt end of this of this bit here because oh you, my god he refuses to admit that he did not like that's something. not true at all. It you're is. Like, you're trying to like stir up this controversy that's not real. It, it was completely real. It's you did not like real. it. Oh my god. Anyway, let, uh, I was trying. I was oh trying yeah. to promote a friend of the pod, and now you just turn this into a fight with me. You should always support local music and, 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 and small bands. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Yeah. All the time. Yeah. Go support them. But it's okay if you don't like them. You can still support them and not like them. You can buy you're a dumb. T-shirt and say, "Oh, I don't like this band." But you should check it out because it's a really cool dude. 
Okay, yeah, whatever. Yeah. No, 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 uh, no. I want to no. eat popcorn. I'm much my popcorn right now. No, fucking no. Fucking idiot. This fucking is idiot. so buttery. That sounds disgusting. I mean, I like popcorn, but I don't like it with butter. Lowry's though. Popcorn's so good. Popcorn's good. Yeah. Who puts fucking, fucking Lowry's? Lowry's on popcorn, dude? You need to. I grew up on yourself. that shit. I grew up on that shit. I grew up on movies. <laughs> <laughs> Inside okay, show. gone. Yes, the the closer of this Bouncing Souls record. Possibly the closer of like the best closer of their career. Oh, easily of their career. Yeah. yeah without a like doubt. Like every show if they close if they close with it rather than night because they also close with Night on Earth a lot from Hopeless. Mm-hmm. They do that a lot. I I feel like closing with Gone on every show that they do would be fine. Oh yeah, I think so too. Because like because you want like the just like a movie, right? Like uh, the movie you want you want an intro, you want like the climax to happen, mm-hmm. and then you want to taper off to leave everybody just kind of like in disbelief. And this song in the context of Bouncing Souls leaves us kind of in disbelief. It's Yeah. And it's, it's a great it's good. a great song to have other people sing along with you because it is so catchy and it's one of the songs too where you want like people from the crowd jumping on stage and jumping onto the mics and singing along just yelling gone or singing along to gone it's it, it's a perfect song and so, the message is really cool too because the message the message of the song is that or what he's saying is that no matter how depressed or sad he gets when he hears his favorite song or or certain songs it just it takes him out of that depression and it takes him out of that that shitty feeling that he has and that's the power of music and he's very earnest and i i like that I like the earnest, the earnest. Dude, I, I totally agree. I, I think like, I think Greg's earnestness, and and him just saying like the power of music, and he hears a song on the radio, and it sets him off emotionally. And whatever, in whatever direction, bad, good, whatever it is, it's an emotional response to just a song that he hears, and and I think that's what makes the Bouncing Souls so relatable to the layman like us. Are we layman though? We're layman for sure. We're not we're not Greg or Tom DeLong. Come on, we're laymen. Well, we're definitely not as great as Tom. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a given. We're laymen. Is anybody as great as Tom? We're laymen. So I I I, I just think like it, it, addressing the fact that a song can actually set you off is 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 deep is deep in the punk world because punk is is very DIY. Punk is very much a mindset mm-hmm. as we both hate, but you can't deny. That punk is a mindset rather than a a genre of music. Unfortunately, yeah, I and mean, it sucks. I it, get it. That's why yeah. the Sex Pistols will be held as as uh, in in such as high great punk high esteem as they will always be. The uh, Sex Pistols will always be up there because punk is a mindset rather than a genre of music, which shouldn't be mutually exclusive. They should be working hand in hand, right? The mindset yeah. and the music should be going hand in hand. But you can make shitty fucking music, but look punk and be the greatest of all time, like the Sex Pistols. It's unbelievable. Or you could make arguably some of the greatest punk music of all time, like the Dead Kennedys. But not how that's But singing. kind of like the Dead Kennedys will always be a name that everybody knows. Yeah. But nobody knows really who the Dead Kennedys are. Or their music. I mean, yeah. it's. But even like the Misfits, man. Like even like the Misfits. And again, as everybody knows, listen to this pod, I'm a newly found Misfits head. Yeah. Like the Misfits have transcended just not only punk, but just 
like fifties music and sixties music. And they've, they've combined all of these different genres of music into one. And, and then now they're this weird punk band who can play fast music, but sing slower or play slow music and sing but faster. Misfits, Misfits, they did, they have been able to, to carry the image along with their music. Like both are equally good. No, absolutely. I yeah. completely agree. And that's one of, that's the exception to the rule. Yeah. That's one of the exceptions to the rule. And that's why the Dead Kennedys will never be more than just a logo or a patch. It's unfortunate. Because I mean out of, out of the all the punkers so out of all the punkers we know, more of them can recite, you know, facts were, and and lyrics from the Sex Pistols out one album or even the Ramones and the Clash than they can the Dead Kennedys entire discography. Yeah. Minus Police Truck. Or maybe or like Kill the Poor. That was a pretty big one for it's, it, it's sad and it's unfortunate but that's yeah. that's the way it is but gone kind of goes along with all of that like gone gone drop my phone gone gone lets us know gone, that gone 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 baby gone 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 gone, gone. gone daddy gone isn't that a charles barkley it's a it's Gnarls actually, barkley <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a violent femme song that is that's gone, gone daddy, daddy gone. gone but it's they covered anyway yeah charles gone. barkley covered it Violent Femmes. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't know, man. I just. This is a good song. Uh, I, th- th- this song is is so like far beyond its time and and almost twenty years ago, accepting like mental health and and acknowledging that just the one little thing can trigger you because trigger has become such a a gross term to use. Yeah, like I've been triggered, which realistically, like we're all triggered by something. And at this point in 2001, Greg says that he's triggered by fucking songs, like music, maybe even like notes. He just hears one bar of music. Dude. Dude, what's going on with you? I don't know. Oh, my God. The fact that Greg's like triggered by one like bar of music or one song, it's it's, it's insane. He's this band is so far beyond their time. And I think that's why they've withstood withstood. The, the the test of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what do you want? Withstood is the right term. Yeah, withstood is a correct right. I think right. Not, now I'm know. second guessing myself. I went to like he's, Southern he's, California Public School District. I don't fucking know. But you also went to college. <laughs> Man, C's get degrees. Okay. Anyway, yeah, that's gone. Let, let's just say it's a perfect song right it's a perfect song yes okay even though but in if you take certain parts out of it like musically not a perfect song if you, if you took all the vocals out the the like the music wise the song's boring but that's okay if you if you took the music out and just did the vocals it's like okay this is kind of whiny this is whatever's but that's but who cares we're talking about the song as a cohesive unit but i'm telling you this this uh, do you want to hear what i think or you want to hear what i, I think no i want to keep interrupting you okay so Inter- interrupting Calhoun, yeah. <laughs> so piece by this piece, this episode is off the fucking rails. Piece man. by piece, <laughs> this song is not that great, but when you put it together, it 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 gets better than great. Yes, it's more than perfect. Well, no, that, that's impossible. There's is it no such thing? There's only one thing that's no. There's nothing. If you take what your conception of perfect is, that could would it be the better? Per- no, could it because be then it's not perfect. But you can't a, you can't be very, better than perfect. There's but no that's a very that's a that's a very that's a very narrow minded <laughs> way of thinking. Is whatever is whatever you think is perfect, somebody else subjectively could think that it could be better. 
This is the best. I put it in my phone. I was putting it in my notes of the of the song "Gone." Of the phone that you dropped. Yeah, I put it on the table here, not my not my knee. Now, now you're not I keep like I keep shifting. Oh my god! I mean, popcorn. I'm drinking. I'm talking. I'm yapping. Yeah. All right. Then what are you gonna let, let let's let's wrap this up. What what are your final thoughts on this record? And what is your rating? Out of our three point rating system, where three is a perfect album, two is a good album. You're gonna a great album. You're gonna continue to listen to, and one is a bad album, but you should give it a shot and zero is you got your ears run over by a truck and you're dumb. So, and it's dumb. I'm sorry. So what do you got? What are your final thoughts? Wrap it up. So again, there are, there are two parts of this album that I don't think the album could do with. I think they could do without. It was do those with, two, do without. It was those two intros. You cannot. I, I feel, I feel like the album would do just as fine, if not better without it. Uh, but you know, given that they are, they are now, they are now canon. I have to take those are, in consideration. So I'm, this, this is going to get like what? a, what do you mean? They are canon. What are you talking about? I don't, I don't <laughs> like, I don't like two intros. We talked about it. I don't oh like two intros. But I know, but what you just said now that they are canon, what does that They're even mean? They're canon. They are now canon. Canon. What? They always have been. What are you I talking know, about? I know. You're acting like this is like a new thing to it this song. It is a new thing to this song. They just got. They just. They just became canon. Now they've oh been canonized God, in the what past are you year or two. About? <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? This is getting a. Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't. I. I don't know if I want I to. Like. <laughs> so I'm. I'm debating. I'm debating Dude, you between. Have, you have fallen off the fucking rails. I'm debating between a two point nine nine or a three. Just give it a fucking three. Don't be a cuck. I don't know if I can. I just two intros. I don't just, be a cuck. Those two intros. The, the, those those two new canon intros. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, you're unbelievable. We're doing two point nine nine. You're an idiot. We're you're doing two point nine nine. Two point. I get this. I made two point nine nine. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You can't sigh on just straight up sigh on. Mike. I just. What do you mean? I can't. I just oh, did. Oh God. All right, how I spent my summer vacation. Uh, this is the first full Bouncing Souls record I ever heard, and uh, I've I've loved it since the the first time I heard, listened to it up until now. I think it's a great record. There's not a bad part of this this record at all. Even Streetlight Serenade, solid solid song. I like the band members, even though you know live they're they're different. Uh, so I'm gonna have to give this one this album. Just go ahead and give it three. I'm gonna give it a perfect three. Yeah. I don't. I don't throw the perfect threes out very often. Are you kidding me? I do not throw them out very often. But Every other week you give a perfect this, three. But this album is a perfect three. It is a perfect. What album. did we do last week? RTJ four baby three. Like I said, I don't. The week throw, before we gave we did like I said pistols. There was a one. Like the week I said, before, we I don't. Dead Kennedys three. Like I said, I don't throw. So out in the, the past the four perfect, weeks, you've given out three threes. So like I said, 75% of your votes this past four weeks have been threes. So like I said, I don't throw out the perfect rating very often. You're right. You're right. Except 70% of the time. This album is a perfect three. So there you go. I mean, it's just, it's that good. Most of the time you give out threes. No, I. According to the last four weeks, most of the time you give out threes. I don't. I don't. No, it's true. That's like fact. No, I don't. Throughout the past four weeks, most of the time you've given threes. Debatable. Hmm. Debatable. Dead Kennedy, Sex Pistols, RTJ4, this one. Three out of the four have been threes. Most of the time you've given threes. Debatable. Fine, but when I release this, 
when I release this actual episode, which will be after our next episode that we're going to record, I which, might be You're going to get that perfect five. three, too. <laughs> <laughs> That's even worse. That's four out of five. That's 80%. <laughs> like I said, I don't throw it out a lot. But this is Asinine Radio. This is the greatest music podcast of all time. Thank you all for listening. Go to iTunes. Go give us a five-star rating and this review. This is a bootleg not, version of not, a podcast. Not that, that Bo Cephas fucker. Because fuck that guy giving us a fucking one star. What a piece of shit. Fuck that motherfucker. Oh, I hate him so much. But thank you to uh, to our, our listener from Birmingham. Thank you to all of our listens, listeners all around the world. You guys are all the best and the greatest. Thanks again for listening to Asinine Radio. And that's it. That's all. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Sometimes she comes to me in a song.